1: From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for American Horror Story. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest American Horror Story news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's AfterBuzz TV for American Horror Story! <coughs> <laughs> oh,
2: great. Really? Thank you for that. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to AfterBuzz TV for American Horror Story Season 1, Episode 6. We are halfway there. Wowzers. Um, Piggy Piggy aired Wednesday, November 9th, 2011, last night. I am your host, Billy Nellis. Um, joined, as always, by the lovely David Schifoletti. Hi. <laughs> and DJ Jesse in the booth.
3: There's, like, blue paint chips all over the, oh. the table here. I'm trying to clean
2: them up. Lovely. Sorry. All right, so, tonight, last night. Last night. Piggy Piggy. We see Ben taking on a new troubled patient. He finally has a new patient. Well, he finally has a patient. A patient, <laughs> who's real.
3: And isn't. Suicidal, right?
2: So he takes up for on this new some
3: f- reason, though. All his patients that are living all end up dead.
2: Well, the no, the other woman didn't end up dead, she wound up in the mental institution. So mine
3: will all be dead. Okay, <laughs> hey, he got like one session out of her, and then she like tried to kill herself,
2: right? Well, let's, let's get into that first. I, um, I want to save some of the bigger stuff for later, okay? So I figure we'll get Ben and Derek out of the way because it was sort of a more minor storyline tonight, mm-hmm. but it was fun and. Interesting. So I want to talk about it first. So we see Ben take on this new patient played by guest star Eric Stone Street um, from Modern Family, um, who we know more as um, a comedic actor. So it's kind of fun to see him in this.
3: I think he shined like beautifully in this like weird, dramatic, yeah, like crazy manic man.
2: Right. Well, he has right, Eric Stone Street has a relationship with Ryan Murphy. He was actually in like the last season of Nip Tuck. He guest starred in an episode as. Um, in a r- insanely like morbidly obese man who hadn't left his house and sort of um melded to the furniture like, yeah and Gross. he was also he, there's it's typical of nip tuck if you ever watched that show ryan murphy's first dark side tv show mm-hmm. people were insane on that show as well but they weren't um
3: not to this extent
2: no not to this extent but also it wasn't supernatural they were just crazy and awful people yeah um, and Eric Century's character on that was a bad guy as well. but um, So he has a relationship with Ryan Murphy, which it's nice to see Ryan Murphy. he's he Like we talked about before with Kate Mara, how she was on Nip He goes back to these actors who he has relationships for, who I think he actually writes for them when he creates these characters. Well, I mean, he, it would
3: make sense, you know, having a friend <laughs> in the industry right. who's a writer and, like, a show producer, that you would want to also put your friends... Into your shows, also, if you've worked with them before, you know their work ethic, right. you know how you don't you know, have you can to get like, out of them and exactly. you don't have to worry about trying to find an actor if you write for somebody specific and you know who will accept the role exactly so and I think this was a very good marriage, yeah, of the two it
2: was it was great. so this this character, Derek, is terrified of urban legends so much that it's like completely paralyzed him in his life. He can't look in mirrors. He's terrified of Bloody Mary, of Candyman, and especially of the Piggy Pig Man, which <laughs> I'm thinking is an urban legend that Ryan Murphy and company created because I've never heard of this. They
3: must have invented it. Also, I thought, I mean, I thought it was interesting if they did invent the Pig Man mm-hmm. or whatever he called him, why it had to do with mirrors because bloody mary i thought had to do well with mirrors these i mean it was lunches, sort of like the same right. thing and
2: i mean these urban legends bloody mary does candy man has to do with mirrors also oh, yeah, that's right. they're, they're always sort of like when you look in a mirror um that's when they <laughs> appear what was candy man again what did you have to say for Candyman? you just said candy man it's oh, the same right. thing they just you, you just Candyman recite their names times. i don't know where these all of these urban legends have come from they're so weird that you just say someone's name it's like beetlejuice Candyman, all of these. Like, just say the name three times and they come around.
3: Beetlejuice. Oh my God. Not an urban legend. No.
2: But very similar. You just say his name three times and he appears, as does Bloody Mary and the Candyman and the Piggy Pig Man. And they all kill you. Right. Except Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice He sends you on a fun ride. (laughs) I love that movie. He sends you on a
0: fun ride.
2: (laughs) Anyway, so Derek's terrified of the, especially of the Piggy Pig Man, and we see. Ben sort of trying to get him out of get over this fear um, through sort of like immersion therapy where he just he the the way he sees the best to get over is to confront it head on to to prove to yourself that it's not real. Well,
3: personally, I think that was the worst decision (laughs) that he ever made as a therapist.
2: What's interesting to me is when we see Ben with patients. I don't know if this is new just because of all the troubles he's encountering by living in this house, but he seems to me to be a pretty terrible therapist. Awful. (laughs) Like... He he is like the worst
3: therapist on the face of the planet. He is not patient. He's completely impatient with all of the patients that come in. Yeah, He doesn't stand for like their bullshit. And he's like, well, what's wrong with you? And they're like, I don't know. That's why I'm here. He's like, well, maybe you should figure it out. Yeah.
2: I mean. (laughs) And then come back to me. It's really awful. Like if I ever went to a therapist like that, I would sort of be terrified and not go back.
3: I'd be like, thanks for
2: nothing, (laughs) you ass clown. But I do believe, though, that with fears like this that are founded in things that are unnatural, I do think immersion therapy is what is used. I don't think that it's used to the sort of um, uncaring extent that Ben used it.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I could see using immersion therapy for something like this, but at least wait a couple sessions. You don't discuss, like, your fear on the first session, then the second session you're already going into a bathroom. By yourself. By yourself with the lights off. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Exactly, it was much... At least go in there with him. It was sped up. I mean, obviously for the sake of an hour-long television right. show. but that of I course understand. course, it um, wasn't very realistic to, to see Ben, if he's supposed to be the accomplished therapist we think he is. A, I don't, no one would do that. No. I don't think.
3: Well, I don't think he's that accomplished if they're that in need of money. And
2: you right. can't, like, get the well, patients. And, that's, and I think that that's the question, is... Was Ben a good therapist and is now the house sort of affecting him to where he can't perform his work or was he just never a good therapist that's where i'm confused and wonder oh, and wonder if, if him performing that. therapy in this house is make it's all just because not back, working <laughs>
3: back in boston he was a teacher as well right? correct
2: yeah cuz um hayden was a student
3: right yeah so maybe that's where he got most of most his money of his from money. from teaching, as opposed to just practicing. Practicing,
2: perhaps. Hm. Huh. It is a possibility, one that we have not been informed of cl- fully yet. Clearly, <laughs> right, right. But so we see Derek talking about. I mean, it's really sad. This 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 man who's so paralyzed. How he, you know, likes this girl at work, but he doesn't even want to do anything with her because how can he ever take her home and explain that he has to cover mirrors? And it's really sort of this tragic character who you feel really bad for because yeah. this person is so paralyzed by these um, these fears that are completely unfounded. There's no point in fearing them. No. Not, I mean, in the world outside of American Horror Story, they're completely ridiculous. But they're so real to him and they're so terrifying. And Ben is so cold almost and just so like, well, you need to just confront it. Just get over it. (laughs) So he sends the poor guy home and
3: I don't know if he intended on him going home and having him try it on his own. Right. I think he was just like, you need to go home and at least like uncover the mirrors or I don't know like what his intention was because clearly the man was scared shitless at Ben's house, right? Which was probably not the best place to be doing it <laughs> well, because the place is haunted and it scared him. And it scared him. And then he went home and decided to drink and do it. And, and he, he did would, it. like got drunk and then like called for the piggy pig man.
2: What I see? What I I don't get it. The, <laughs> what I I don't think that I think he did it the minute he got home because obviously he walked in in the middle of a robbery. Someone was robbing his home. So he couldn't have been there for a while because those right. robbers were hiding. So he he must have gotten home and just done it because when he left Ben's office, he said, I'm going to go home and do it. You're right. This is stupid. I need to face it. He sort of found some resolve with Ben being so cold to him and sort of making him realize that this was sort of childish and sort of stupid and it was time to get over it. And so he got this resolve, went straight home, went straight to the bathroom and had the worst timing in the world.
3: <laughs> I felt so bad and, for him. And,
2: and he confronts his fear of the supernatural only to be destroyed by <laughs> the natural.
3: <laughs> Such a
2: tragic
3: end. And I wonder how Ben is going to take it. Like he's his patient goes home and is confronting his fears and gets shot in the head.
2: Right. By someone who thinks he's like, he thinks he was, the robber thinks he was taunting him, thinks he knew he was in there. Who you call in a piggy and shoots him? <laughs> so sad. He finally
3: got over it.
2: And I was or was wanting to, or at least he's was taking the steps to, yeah, towards
3: right. getting over his fear. And now he's dead. And he's
2: dead. Just he's so spent his so
3: entire sad. life afraid of nothing, and dies in the bathroom. It's, it's
2: like that. I feel like it would have been like a verse in Alanis Morissette's ironic. I was just gonna like, say Like the man that. who was so afraid to fly and then the one day he did the plane crash. Like, <laughs>
3: exactly. He's been so afraid of the bathroom mirrors that he's had them all covered up and he finally uncovers it. It's it gets, gets shot. Shot in the head. It's so bittersweet.
2: It is. It's so very sad. But it will be interesting to see if they play it out and and see ben you know learn of what happened to him or if they just drop this
3: wouldn't be the first time that a patient of his either wound up dead or in a mental ward because we saw during home invasion they found his patient who was dead she had been hacked up oh yeah remember yes and then they were like you were the last (laughs) person to see her And then the same thing with the woman who ended ended up in the mental ward. And now this patient.
2: And it would seem to me that at this point, someone needs to be investigating. Exactly. It would be like, you know, his
3: third strike where like someone
2: is like, these people are dying. And you're the last one who's ever seen all of them. (laughs) What are you doing? Right. It (laughs) is time to take your medical license away. So that, that is interesting. And it's a road that, um, I guess we can save for predictions to talk about more, but if, if we think the show, um, might do that. um, so moving on from that, I want to talk mm. about Vivian this week um, and her. Oh my god! Her, the growth inside of her. What the hell is growing <laughs> inside this woman? What is growing in Vivian? What did the rubber man put inside of Vivian? So this week she, you know, she's trying to find out what happened with the nurse. They brought that back because last week, in the conclusion of the Halloween two-parter, we spoke about how they didn't really talk about that woman who passed out during the um, ultrasound. During the ultrasound, Um, and they thankfully picked that up. And Vivian was trying to contact this woman to see what made her pass out, what made that happen. Um, And she finally, the woman has. She finds out the woman has quit her job at the hospital. This woman was scared so badly that she has reclude. She's pulled away from the world and, and only feel safe inside this church (laughs) where she agrees to meet Vivian. Um, and we see this woman maybe a little unstable, whether what she saw pushed her over the edge or whether she was maybe teetering to begin with, I think maybe a question that might become clearer down the road. Um, but Mm, she's, but something, well, I'm confused by what you just said. The, the woman, Janet, the, the nurse, in her confrontation with Vivian, she yes. appears to me to be sort of not completely of sound mind. Whether she knows what she actually saw or not, she also could be completely insane. Okay. The way yes. that she agree. went off on Vivian. So I, agree. Just, I think And I do think she's coming back, so it'll be interesting to see whether that ultrasound is the minute she lost her mind or whether she's maybe kind of been... Well, it seems to me like whether or
3: not what she saw in Vivian made her quit or made her Go bonkers. She seems to already have been a religious fanatic, yeah. And as religious fanatics go, we know that they're not always the most stable people, right. In the entire world, we should probably give a disclaimer after that. <laughs> Jesse, are you paying attention? The views those are the
1: hosts only. They do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners. Or <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm just looking out for everybody. Yes, but because as after we see the confrontation with Vivian, she is like spouting like Bible verse right and she which freaks me out to no end
2: yeah she (laughs) she believes that there is she sort of and what's interesting this week um, I'm sort of running off on a tangent here but we see Janet speaking in Bible verse and I think sort of speaking of was she speaking from the book of revelations as well she was you know and I think it's interesting interesting. because the girl who Violet met with from the the co-core girl whose name I don't think anyone We've knows. We never knew. Um, also spoke of the Book of Revelations mm-hmm. this week. So there was a lot of reference to the end of days, biblically, um, yes. in the episode this week. Uh, I just put that together in my head. Though. That was what I needed to say before I forgot <laughs> it.
3: Um, I had put that together as well, and I was waiting for you to come to that conclusion. <laughs> I didn't want to spearhead you. Okay. But so
2: anywhere. she has pretty much told Vivian that she saw the the beast. The beast is inside of her. I saw the hooves. Right. That's what she said.
3: Yeah. The beast is inside of you and I saw the hooves. And Vivian. (laughs) And Vivian is like, okay, so you saw nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That was a genius moment. Yeah. So what'd you see? I saw the beast inside of you. Oh, great. So you saw nothing. And the machine machine malfunctioned. (laughs) All right. That's fine. I can accept that. Right. No,
2: I saw the hooves. (laughs) And she continues to. Go on as Vivian oh, rightfully...
3: God. Runs out of the church. Never meet anybody at a church. That is the moral of the story. <sighs> okay. Everybody listening? <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Um, meanwhile, Vivian is being taken care of. Uh, I'll put in quotes. Taken yes. care of by Constance and Moira. Um,
3: well, you know, the way that Moira, for me at least, it did seem that Moira did have Vivian's best intentions at heart this week, whether it be for the sake of keeping the baby alive or for Vivian herself. Uh-huh. She did seem genuine in that respect. And I think Constance did to a certain extent as well.
2: Right. I do, but I I fear that what they fed her was to start a process to a greater end of what's inside of her. I agree, Right. <laughs> right. I think there'd be no way to disagree with that. No, I agree completely <laughs> with that remark.
3: I just, you know.
2: yeah. Do, what?
3: Don't
0: you kind of feel like Moira, <laughs> the reason she only said that is because if she was to get rid of her, Moira would have to go away with all the rest of the spirits. This is the only reason she gets the chance to be awake and up and doing things. Right, right. That so is I true. I think it was very kind of selfish and... I, in that aspect and she used that excuse to play.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're a, a dead ghost who can only sort of live in a house, aren't you going to be a little selfish? <laughs> I <laughs> totally agree,
0: but <laughs> this whole process in which Billy speaks of sounds a little bit negative
3: ca- talking about hoofs inside her stomach. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it could be a positive thing, you never know. It could. I doubt it, though. She could be giving birth to a fawn and (laughs) not a devil. What did you think
0: when... uh, Oh, my God. All the names are going out of my head. Constance
3: said, why don't you cook it the way you used to prepare it for me?
2: Yeah. That was...
3: uh, Well, my only thing with that was that I, I... Did Vivian know that Constance used to live in that house? Well... And did Vivian know that Moira worked for
2: Constance? I think that when, in the first couple, either the first or second episode when there was a confrontation with Vivian and um, Constance in front of them, I think she did mention that Constance used to be my maid. Or that Vivian used, excuse me, Moira, Moira jesus used to be my maid. I do believe that there was um, a passing remark like that that did announce that to the Harmons, that, oh, okay. that she used to work for her as well.
3: Hmm. Because I, I don't remember that, and I was confused as to why she didn't, question, question it and be right. like oh yeah I'm
2: pretty sure that that, that's it, pretty that normal. did occur if anyone's listening and does remember when or where or why that happened you can call in at 424-256-1729 and or help clear it up for us it or if it happened or you just imagined it <laughs> set us straight call in or tweet <laughs> us um, but so Constance has brought Vivian this awful this really awful This. Uh,
3: I am shocked that you caught that word because she said it like three times and I was like what
2: well, I knew what I it was to prior put to the my show.
3: closed captioning on because I don't understand that word. I
2: just i I'd, I'd known what it was prior to the show. Because you did. Top Chef when there's always episodes where they make them cook with foods that aren't common and they use oafel like they make them cook with like glands and disgusting. Yes, it is. It's and that's why it's in the challenge where you have to cook gross food. Um, that's how I knew of it. So okay. thank you, Bravo Television, <laughs> for schooling me in the world of disgusting meats. Uh, <laughs> Yes, thank you. Yes. But, so, Constance has brought over this offal, which she explains is this gland meat. It's part of, um... She
3: does say that it's part of the pig. Yes. And she says there's a pancreas, which is, like, full of protein, Mm -hmm. and all the B vitamins and vitamin C, Mm -hmm.
2: which I thought was
3: very interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. I didn't either. And then... I didn't
2: explain that on Top Chef.
3: Two other things...
2: There was just Which some I more. There remember. was just some glands that I don't think that I only caught the pancreas. Yeah, because the that, pancreas was kept raw, as we saw. Yes, Moira cooked everything, fed it to Vivian, and it seemed like Vivian kind of enjoyed it. It probably was tasty. I mean, it looked like she deep fried it. Yeah. Everything
3: is tasty deep fried. Yeah, so with Vivian, a little lemon and sea salt, right? I mean, sounds delicious. It sounded fine
2: as long, I, I sort of felt like. If she didn't know what it was and it was prepared for her, that's one of those things where you'll just eat it and you're like, okay, it tastes like what? You, you chicken. wouldn't question it. Right. Like chicken. It would probably taste like <laughs> pork because it came from a... a well, pin. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's chicken with a little lemon and diesel. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but as she's eating, Moira explains that she kept the pancreas raw because that is how it is supposed to be. It's how it's best eaten. I'm sorry. You cannot eat raw, raw meat. No you will no. die you will get sick but we see vivian sort of bend over the plate and smell it and the scene cuts and we're left to wonder okay did she actually eat I it i
3: literally thought when she bent down to smell it that she was going to pick it up with her hands and just like Put savage woman scarf it down her face i was waiting for I that was, too i was like about to hurl all over
2: the well list. i was waiting for that too because clearly this and then obviously later when she ate the the brain that was given to her raw oh, clearly this God. isn't this this ad- this appetite isn't coming from Vivian. This is something that's coming from whatever's growing inside of her. Well, that it needs might this food. because
3: there are women that when they get pregnant do crave raw meat for the iron because they're like iron deficient. A brain? But brain and like pancreas
2: I mean, is I would not just, normal. She'd want like a flank steak. Yeah. Not-, <laughs> <laughs> not a brain. No. Which to me get to
3: the brain and then I'll tell you what I thought it looked right. like.
2: But so what I just, what I got out of this was something, whatever's growing inside of her, you know, then the Janet, the crazy nurse saw hooves and, and saw the beast.
3: And whether or not she saw hooves, I mean, maybe she, that was that, just her way of explaining to herself That there was what something unnatural. Saw. Right. Yeah.
2: Exactly. She was searching for an answer and she found it in the Bible because she was religious and that's what the Bible explained to her it would have been.
3: Exactly.
2: But that she saw something that she shouldn't have, that shouldn't have been there, that didn't belong in the womb, if it the pregnancy was the way it was supposed to be going. Right. Vivian can tell something's wrong. She's clearly having these dreams that are telling her something. She has a dream in the beginning of the episode where she's insanely pregnant and the hands are like reaching out of the stomach. That was so creepy. And I was glad she woke up when she did it because I didn't want to see any more of that. <laughs> I didn't want to know what was going to happen next. Well,
3: I didn't even know. I didn't even realize it was a dream. I was like, okay, she's really pregnant now.
2: Well, we the, skipped ahead nine <laughs> months. Or also. the pregnancy was just moving along so fast that she's yeah. randomly gotten so large which would have been such a leap even in the show to believe that she just kind of like oh I'm sitting here and I don't care that this has gotten so big (laughs) yeah but I just I feel like all of these things there's this thing that's inside of her is as it is growing larger and abnormally even if it's not as big as it was in her dream it's controlling her in some way Mm -hmm. and I do think that that's what her being able to eat those meats was trying to explain to us without saying it. Because when she ate the brain, when Constance brings her the brain, and she sits down and she, you know, without question, without any sort of look on her face that explained that this is bizarre, she just ate it. She put some pepper, cut into it, and just ate it. Uh, okay.
3: <laughs> That's my favorite part. That she takes a bite of it. She and she seasons like, oh, it. Needs pepper. Needs <laughs> pepper.
1: <laughs>
3: Not, this is Disgusting. It needs pepper. Right. And I'm going to eat the whole
2: thing and lick the bowl clean. Right. Right. But then immediately afterwards, we like smash cut to her standing in the doorway looking at the the dish. Like horrified. And she's horrified. Sort of like she didn't really know what she had just done or why she had just done it. Or she, was she even present when she was doing it, which sort of made me believe that at that moment, what was in her stomach was controlling what she was doing.
3: Right. I mean, uh, who the hell knows what's going on with this woman, but you'd think that after all the pig that she just ate, all the pork that she ate earlier on in the day, that she wouldn't have the appetite to eat a whole brain, which looked oddly human. Yes. And a little bit like it was covered in spaghetti sauce and cheese. (laughs) 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 <laughs> that's how I get that's, myself somehow myself from growing up.
2: Somehow that's even grosser to me.
3: <laughs> Why? <laughs> Brain covered you in spaghetti it. sauce and cheese. <laughs> I can't season it with I a little even. marinara, some melted parmesan. Uh, no. Eat up.
2: Yes, I do agree that it looked odd. It looked suspiciously human. It, it looked, looked too big, big to be of any animal that I can think of besides ape. Because that looked like a soup terrine. Yeah. It was large and it took took out the whole thing. It was a very large brain. So I am concerned because, like, Constance. Maybe that's what she realized. She was like, I just ate human brains. Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, well, hopefully, no soon.
3: I hope she threw up afterwards (laughs) because it doesn't seem like she ate. If she ate the pancreas raw and she just ate this brain raw, she seems to have no problems digesting it.
2: Yeah and it, you would assume that something covered in raw blood and raw meat that a you pregnant eat woman that. no would, person could eat that well
3: no person could eat that but a pregnant woman whose like senses are heightened as it is would like get it, nauseous at the sight of it
2: yeah or the smell or the smell yeah so something is clearly amiss yes um, and hopefully the amniocentesis that was performed will give some big word alert <laughs> the the procedure she had done with the large needle. Yes, it in the took me a second, office. but I did get there. <laughs> um, I think when she gets the results, there are going to be some more fears by doctors of what is inside her.
3: Yes. Well, they were checking for
2: because aneuploidy is done right? to check for any sort of genetic abnormalities. Right. That's what the, that's what that is.
3: And you do it in your first trimester, so just in case, if you decide you can terminate your pregnancy. Right. Yes. So and it is something I think that they do more often with. Women who are older and who have also experienced
2: um, traumatic pregnancies already, like when people have already miscarried, they'll go and have those done because there's they're more at risk for for things like that too. Oh, yeah.
3: What a you, Smarty Pan. Yeah,
2: but so I, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Vivian next week. I, um, yeah, this was an interesting week, but I want to get into the, I think the meat, the meat, <laughs> the raw meat, the meat. Yes, the brains. Of the episode, if you will. Um, With Violet and Tate and Constance, we got some more answers this week. We finally got, I guess, the conclusion to what the Halloween two-parter presented to us in regards Mm -hmm. to Tate's backstory. Um, A really chilling opening sequence this week. Not so much scary, but like... But actually like... Frightening. Yeah. Like just unsettling. Yeah. Because it was not supernatural and it was instead very real. Well, yeah, because
3: nineteen it, it happened in 1994 in this story. Yes, um, and Columbine happened when 1998. I believe 98, or 99. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, similar things right. have happened in our existence. So yes. seeing something like that on screen, on whether it be small or big, is Still very chilling. Yes, to, and to witness
2: what I kind of I loved the stylistic choice in that scene that we didn't actually see anyone get shot. No, you did not. Which there was, was very no, there was no gore. There was no wound. Whenever someone was taken down, you saw it from foot level by somebody else who was seeing it. We didn't see it from Tate's point of view. We no. saw it from the victim's point of view, which I think made it even more unsettling.
3: Yeah, and also. You experienced the victim's fear, yes, as opposed to the murderer's rage, yes, yeah, it was really which I think also just leads into more questions about as to why, why? Tate did it and why Tate looked the way he looked. Because as we see him now, he is he looks completely normal, but and then in the flashback, he had like scars on his face, yes, he was very pale, dead behind the eyes,
2: yeah. What was interesting though is he, it's it's weird to me that his dream he sees himself looking differently as than than he does as happened, it actually happened,
3: which was also very interesting to me.
2: Right, and I was waiting for because they didn't. My my Tivo cut off the very beginning, so I don't know. If, if I'm wrong, but I felt like we didn't see Tate until the very end You don't see scene. Tate until the very so end. So I, okay, thank you, because I wasn't, I was worried that they showed him at the very beginning, but I didn't no, think they, they did. No, they didn't.
3: They just showed, in the very beginning, they him showed walking from, like, the waist. one of the characters running into the library and closing the door and barricading it.
2: Okay, so that, the way I was watching it, and I guess that was obviously the intention, I sort of felt like maybe it wasn't Tate. Because there was all these questions of, right. was it Tate? Did he do it? Because you can't remember that he did it. So I was like, maybe they're going to reveal that it was somebody else, or or That's something. That's what I
3: thought at first. But then they do reveal that it was that it was Tate, and then we find out later on as to why he can't remember that it happened.
2: Do we find out? Yeah,
3: the medium tells us. The medium tells us when Violet finds out that Tate is dead. Right. And she goes. Constance is in the house, and they go over to Constance's house, and she has the medium. She says that. Tate is. Um, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. He doesn't even know that he's dead, and he's like sort of one of these spirits who st- still is in like a childlike state and hanging around. You're right. So he's unaware of that. anything that happened up to the point when he
2: died. Right. You're you're absolutely correct. I totally, totally, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that's ha- that happened. Um. Yeah. So I. What do we think of? What did you think about the medium? Um, you
3: know, at first I was sort of like unaware, uh, not unaware, untrustful of her, but she does seem to be spot on, right? But I still don't know if, as a person or as a character, she has the best intentions. Yeah, because still at the, to this point, I don't know if Constance has the best intentions. Right,
2: her whatever Constance. Whatever part of this whole grand thing that Constance plays is so vague and so unclear. Right. Yes. And for her to be a friend of Constance, you were like, okay, well, then where does she fall into it? Because I don't know if I can trust Constance, so I don't know if I can trust this person who Constance has is friends with.
3: And she has very pointy nails. Right.
2: I love that actress. Sarah Paulson is like so great. one of my favorite actors. I was so excited because, you know, we knew that Eric Stone Stonestreet was going to be in this episode. I'd known that for a long time and there was literally no talk of Sarah Paulson guest starring and so when I saw her name in the credits, I was like, oh, Sarah, I love when Sarah's on <laughs> TV. I was so excited. She was very good as the medium,
3: very chilling and yeah. like, very reserved, and, and I I loved I how she
2: it. was talking about how um, Lifetime was meeting with her to do a show, and and yes. Violet was like, oh, a, a medium who uses Craigslist but has an agent, and yes. was kind of calling her out she on whether Craigslist, she was
3: Craigslist medium with a Hollywood agent, right?
2: Um, but then she sort of proves to her to Violet that she is for real mm-hmm. because she calls into question Violet's grandmother, um, and you know recalls. Violet's grandmother on her deathbed and how could she have known that? Clearly there's no way. I don't think Constance could have known that. So I think that she's a woman who is in touch, who is actually in touch with spirits. The show wants us to realize that she is for real. She is a
3: real medium, I think, within the story of the show, but whether she's trustworthy or not. Whether she is a good
2: person (laughs) is is still in question. (laughs) But so she um, through her we also see that Constance is able to speak with Addie which was a great scene, mm-hmm. Addie was able or excuse me, Constance was able to sort of um atone for the way she treated Addie when she was alive. She was able to express some things that she wasn't when Addie was alive um and that scene between with Jessica Lang and Sarah was so great. Jessica was so great in that scene with that grief that she was living through, and sort of the relief when. When the when Billy the medium told her, you know that she she where she is now, she is a pretty girl and and all of that. Um, it was a really great scene, very touching. There was a lot of touching moments this week. Mm-hmm. Um, that and also the scene at the very end with Tate and Violet um, when he was expressing that he's never loved felt for someone like her before. Um, I thought was very real and very genuine. I don't which think is
3: so interesting to me because as a spirit, whenever you see a ghost or like a spirit in any other movie or television show they always talk about how when they're not with somebody they sort of don't exist really. They sort of just like cease to exist and then when they're communicating with someone is when they can really like live in quotes and he doesn't seem to realize that. Like he sort of appears and he comes and he goes and he doesn't see that he doesn't exist unless violets
2: around right and what's so interesting that he doesn't he doesn't know that he's dead he doesn't know that he's a ghost but yet he is able to control the things in the house and, I think and he is knows aware of that that he so can't leave the house right. either. so that's very confusing to me because he on, on halloween he obviously knew that was the only time he could leave right so it's very weird to me um how these two things add up and how that will be explained because um, it seems to be they're conflicting. They are conf- very <laughs> conflicting. <Yes. laughs> Completely. Completely. But we do see that beyond Addis- or I always call her Addison, Adelaide, Adelaide, Um, sort of giving Constance the relief that she wanted and the closure with her, she also says that she's so happy that she wasn't turned into a ghost, that Constance didn't get her there in time, because now where that she is where she is, she knows the truth about Tate, and um, she's afraid of him.
3: Which I thought was a very interesting way for her to have had Addie's words come through, that she knows the truth about Tate, and that she's afraid. frightened of him. Right.
2: Which is... Very interesting. Because when she
3: was alive, she was friendly with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: but now she knows what he is, and and whether that calls into question if how much Addie understood of the house
3: or how much she actually knew about Tate.
2: Right? Whether she, she knew ghosts knew, existed, or did, or did she? Or did she think they were just characters in her book? Because they had she and Constance had that conversation in the first part of the Halloween episode where, right? You know, the ghosts can walk tonight, and she says we've known that all along. And whether Constance was appeasing her as making her believe they were just characters in the book, or whether. She really was aware that they were things I I don't know. And I think that's a question that we were supposed to be wondering about and that we're supposed to be asking at this point in the game. At least. Yeah.
3: I mean, there's so many other things that are hopefully will be tied up. There's so many like loose ends. But
2: I mean, thankfully, we're only halfway through the season. Thankfully, because
3: if we were at a mid season finale like every other show we're watching right now, we would be shit out of luck.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump to a quick commercial, and we'll be right back. Okay.
1: The biggest new media platform on the web just got bigger. More bandwidth, smoother streaming, lightning fast downloads. And get technical with me. AfterBuzz TV is making the jump to hyperspace. Really Join the fun at your number one source for after-show entertainment. Look at the size of that thing. AfterBuzz TV.
2: All right. Welcome back to After Buzz TV <laughs> for American Horror Story. After that decades long commercial break we just took, Ugh, um, took I'm forever. your host, Gwen Ellis, again here with David Schifaletti. Mm-hmm. So every week we have been doing something special. Um, we are calling it our American Horror Story Film Night. Um, each week we recommend a film to you, a horror film that sort of plays on a theme that um, is in this week's episode to let you continue the fun into the weekend. Um, so this week we wanted to talk about the movie Urban Legend, obviously um, a main topic of this week's mm-hmm. episode. Um, urban Legend um, from 1998, um, directed by Jamie Blanks, who I've never heard of. So never heard I of Jamie Blanks. Just want to give him a shout out if he's listening. Um, Love you. S- Silvio Horta <laughs> was the writer, very interesting. Silvio Horta was the creator, executive producer, writer of Ugly Betty. So he went from Urban Legend to Ugly Betty. Um, and New the U- logical <coughs> jump. Yeah, just it's very it's seamless. What you actually. would do, of course. Um, the movie stars a, a bunch of people who were sort of big in 1998 and maybe aren't so much anymore. But Alicia Witt, who was on Sybil at, at the time, um, was our heroine. Oh my the red-headed God, Alicia. that's Witt. right. Yes. Um, Jared Leto.
3: Bleed for Jordan Catalano <laughs> if you
2: watched My So-Called Life. Um, Rebecca Gayhart, uh, Joshua Jackson, Tara Reed, and the fantastic Loretta Devine. Like the um, amazing Loretta Devine. In, in a role you always knew she was meant to play, the kick ass <laughs> uh, college security guard. Clearly, Loretta Devine, star of stage and screen, <laughs> it was born to play a security guard. I mean,
3: she should have gotten an Oscar yes, for this. Right.
2: right. Um, so the movie takes place on a college campus um, with these group of friends. These murders. There, there is a course on the campus that is about urban legends. Yeah. Um, one of those classes that are sort of very theoretical and talk about pop culture and um, that these kids are all part of. Well, if you went to my college, something like this could have. No, those classes existed. exist. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's one at nine right now too. Um, but murders begin occurring that um, are mimicking the urban legends that the kids are studying. Yes, and, and one by one they're being off because
3: of this movie. To yes. this day, when I see when I drive by someone whose lights or headlights are not on, I do not flash my lights at them. <laughs> <laughs> to this
2: day, yeah, that one is scary because that. Is, That's real That
3: can actually happen yeah. I feel like You flash your lights at someone And then they turn around And they That has run actually over. happened to me Not
0: the run over part But back in Massachusetts Cape Cod Living in the boondocks I know exactly about that movie We flashed our lights at somebody Just because their lights were off And they actually followed us That's uh, what I'm saying they, like, We didn't go home We like drove for Luckily we had I would drive for like a day movie.
3: Yeah <laughs> Non-stop <laughs> Yeah. See, that's the only one that like freaks me out, and I never knew about it until I saw this movie. And I couldn't even drive when this movie came out, and to this day, <laughs> I will not flash my lights at someone. We have
0: a uh, caller on the line who would love to talk to you guys. We Call do on the line.
3: What's your name? Where are you from? Hi, caller. Hello, sir. Hi, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Caller. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on Hi, the I air apologize. with Billy and David. I'm sorry too. All
0: right, so, so back to there? our urban legend. <laughs> 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 we um, lost you. Well, if
2: you're listening, you can try and call back. We're not sure what happened, but thanks <laughs> I for. think we lost. She's you. at the front door. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, <laughs> creepy. Don't even. Anyway, urban legend. It's a fun. I wouldn't say it's like a great horror film, but it's fun and it's a good time. So if you like tonight's episode, uh, it's fun. Pick it up. Yeah, it's a good time. So let's jump into news and gossip real quick with DJ Jesse and the Boot. after Buzz,
1: TV.
2: All right, so another Entertainment Weekly
0: report with Ryan Murphy. Why doesn't Violet ever tell her parents the truth of what happened to Tate? Oh, yeah. And I just want to say Ryan's favorite like thing to say is, I think. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, because he can't actually say it.
0: He can't give it away. Well, I think it's a very Romeo and Juliet relationship. I think in this episode, just when you feel she's going to do that and give into the tension, I think (laughs) she sort of realizes that she has fallen in love with him despite his monstrous behavior, which, of course, he must pay for in some way eventually. It's that fantasy young love. It's a very romanticized creation, but what's interesting in future episodes is playing the tension of what do you do when you're in love with a mass murderer? That's her dilemma.
2: Very interesting. Eek.
0: Oh, God. What do you guys think he means by he must pay for it? In some way, eventually, meaning he hasn't paid for it. Well, he hasn't. because well, he has, he, he's not
2: aware that he has. Exactly. So in an in extent, he hasn't. So, like, meaning, so when
3: he realizes go that he's done what he's done, there is going to be some sort of okay. repercussion. Yeah. So
0: is Billy Dean Howard's character someone to be trusted? Is she telling the truth? I think she is telling the truth. I really do. When we created her, all of us in the writer's room have had some experience with psychics or not. I'm somebody that was very skeptical until I went to a woman who told me out of nowhere, is your father ill? And I said, no, he had he had he just had a physical and he's fine. She said, you need to tell him to go back. So he did go back and they found prostate cancer and he died two years later. Ugh. So Billy Dean was inspired a large part by that experience. We're saying that yes, she is legitimate. We are also really interested in the Zelda Rubenstein character from Poltergeist. Who freaks me out to know <laughs> Oh, Zelda. Is that the woman that talks with the yes, she oh, was like I really short? She I'm was like- in
2: Teen Witch. Yes, yes too. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, Teen Witch. I love Teen Witch. Um, Teen
3: Witch is one of my favorite movies This house is clean (laughs) You're watching that movie and you believe
0: She has the power But I'm obsessed with the idea that she's getting Her own show on Lifetime We wrote that part for Sarah She and Jessica are really good friends In real life We're writing right now In one of our final episodes Now the return of Billy Dean The thing that we always kept saying Is well isn't it pretty easy To get rid of a ghost like, how do you get rid of them? So she comes back. Oh,
2: good. I'm glad she's coming back. Me too.
0: So who is Mary in Violet's flashback? Is that her grandmother? Yes, that was Violet's grandmother's deathbed. And in fact, that Billy Jean knew that proved to to Violet the existence of other spirits. The beginning of her awakening.
3: Okay. Now, whose awakening are they talking about? Are they talking about Violet's, Violet's. awakening Violet's. with other spirits?
2: To the To know that spirits exist still in this realm, I think is what he means.
3: Ah, because we did see her go back to the house and she went she and into She saw everything. Basement. She saw everybody. Yeah. And uh, Constance also used the
0: term, you know, when teenagers are in a transition. Yeah. Everybody's transitioning. Yes. Into something mm. So how did you get Eric Stone Street for this? Well, we've had a couple of cases where we've written things for people and then gone after them. Luckily, in every case, they've said yes. This was the case where we wrote the role for Eric. I've always loved Eric when he's dramatic, so I sent him the script and he said, "Why the hell did you think of me for
2: this part?" <laughs> I think Amazing. he's so great. I
0: love what the story is about. I think the idea that you attract fear to
2: you—that's—that's that's what's so like sad about that is that that was his intention. That he was so afraid that he brought that towards himself.
3: Yeah, he like manifested,
2: and I think that's sort of like his own death in the a bathroom. greater theme of this whole show is like these people are bringing. There's there's so much. Fear of things that they're bringing this terror upon themselves because yep. they are putting it out there. It's like the secret. Right. In a, the worst, in the worst, possible way. way. <laughs> possible. Yeah.
0: So they asked him to tease next week's episode. Ryan said, Episode seven is called Open House and it's a very Constance heavy episode. Yay. Finally, they find somebody to buy the house and leave. And Constance is not happy about that. Next week is definitely our most sexual episode, and it's very Constance heavy with her trying to protect herself. And we meet another one of her children. It's very exciting.
3: Do you think that it's a different, like, normal, like, non-Down syndrome child? Well, they said,
0: you told us that this kid is crazy, right? Ryan responded, something's not right with that
3: person. She did say that her womb is cursed. But that doesn't mean that it couldn't be the child that she was talking about that was the picture of of physical perfection. Because there's no way it could be Tate.
2: Right. But Why? Tate, I feel like, had to have been the one who was the model of perfection because she said that all the other children did have, like, something actually physically wrong with them. But Tate was the one who was, like, broken inside. I think that was who she was referring to then. So why would you think that, David? So this person would have to be, like... Physically, no something wrong. Who do you think it is? I don't know. Oh. All right. Well, we'll talk about <laughs> it in a second. Don't me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Jesse. Thanks, let's Jesse. Jump into Nothing. some. And now, your after
1: Buzz TV predictions.
2: Okay. So we were just talking about it. Let's, <laughs> let's stay on the train. Yes. So we know that we're seeing Constance, uh, now her one of three, just four. We've met two. We're going to meet the third next week. Okay something's wrong with this person and when they're or, crazy from That's the all mouth of Ryan Murphy but we do know if we look back at the episode when Constance is speaking about how she has three more kids besides Addie she says that two of them the three three of her children had something wrong with her like Addie the fourth one was the model of physical perfection but was broken inside there was something so else wrong had, with that because be her taped. room was cursed that kid had to be taped because he went on the murder spree and killed all these people I, I'm Hands down, that has to be what that was. <laughs> so that stands to reason that the next two kids, one of whom we're meeting next week, has something wrong with him in the vein of Addy.
3: Well, maybe, I mean, doesn't necessarily mean that he has but, to... I don't think, like, Down syndrome, but... A, a Down syndrome child. He could maybe have, like, little arms, <laughs> like, un- underdeveloped arms, or, like, maybe he's... A, a that just dwarf. made me think of
2: Kristen Wiig on SNL when she has I the know. baby. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what I thought, When too. she's Eunice and she
3: wants yes. to pop the bubbles. Um, um, or maybe they have, like, something, like a hair lip or something. Right. It could be anything.
2: Right. It's, I'm excited, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited too. to see more of Constance. I mean, she needs another one now that Addie's gone something she needs something else. To Where are these kids in. coming from, though? That's that's my what's going to be interesting. Too. That's what's interesting to yeah. find
3: out is like if this kid, if there's something wrong with this kid, and they're clearly insane.
2: Why aren't are they, they with her? Are alive? they in a hospital? Right? Or are they a ghost? Or or are what they is a
3: ghost? If they're in a hospital, why are they coming back to the house?
2: Right, right. It'll be it'll be interesting to see that. Now we talked about this earlier, and I wrote it down so we talk about it again. Okay. Um With Ben's therapy, we brought up this idea that perhaps the house is, you know, ruining his ability to be a therapist. Right. Because he's trying to perform this therapy in the house. Um, Do we think that he's perhaps dooming any patient who comes to see him by the house knowing also these people's fears? Because the house seems to play on people. And well, do you think that the house goes that far?
3: It, I mean, it's very possible because we did see this week when Eric Stonestreet was in the bathroom, and he was by himself in the house. Knew that he was afraid of being in the bathroom with the lights off and being in the mirror. That it a ghost manifested itself right, and it was the nurse to girl. scare him. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very possible that. And also, when he had the patient the woman who was talking about how no one pays attention to her. It made him not pay attention. It made him not pay attention and then he passed out. Right. Yeah. So. So it's, yeah. It seems logical that the house is sort of screwing with them. Yeah. In every way possible.
2: so sad. These poor unsuspecting people. (laughs)
3: Poor unfortunate souls.
2: Right. Um, So where, so we know next week they found somebody to buy this house. Right. As Ryan has teased for us. Doesn't mean that they actually are going to right. go through with it. I don't think that'll happen. Right. I think Constance is going to find some way to make it not happen. Right. Um, but as the teaser showed us also, um, it's somebody who wants to tear the house down. We hear that said, that they want to destroy the house. Um, what, what do you think the ramifications would be if this house was destroyed? Well, I think would that free everybody if the house didn't exist? Even no. though their bodies were still no, no, no. no.
3: I don't think that at all because it, in poltergeist, like he said in this, the they built the house over like a burial ground, and it didn't matter that the house was
2: destroyed or right. not. Right, but f- this house, the evil was started because of its first inhabitants. So, do you think that that? I'm just wondering if it's still if it's the same rules as poltergeist because it poltergeist's be. reasoning for the haunting was.
3: Because of the bury, because they were buried underneath the house.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's
3: possible because we do see that Constance is like going at great lengths to make sure that, that the does house not happen, doesn't get sold, and but, destroyed, and destroyed. By proxy also, but who's to say that just because the house is being destroyed that the evil doesn't still exist? I mean, if it's if this is a breeding ground for evil, yeah, just because you destroy something and put something else there doesn't mean that it still isn't going to manifest itself
2: in some way. Right. I just, I wonder if it's more of like a house on haunted Hill thing where it is actually the evil is the house and it's sort it's of possible like manifested itself into the actual structure. Huh. Um, We do see next week in that the, would make sense in the teaser that Dr. Mm. Montgomery and is going to be back in the episode. He was in this episode for a brief second when, when Violet saw all of the ghosts downstairs, but we didn't see he's going to be back. They showed him in the teaser too. Um, so it looks like we're going to get more of hit, more of their story, more mm-hmm. of his and Nora's. Um, I'm very excited. I'm excited that Ryan says it's going to be the most sexual episode. I'm hoping for some more naked butt. I think <laughs> it's going to be
3: more of um, young Moira.
2: Yeah, I just want because one we more
3: see butt. <laughs> we see Constance tell her, you know what to do,
2: right? And she says it's a good thing I'm hungry again. Yes, yeah, it's a good thing I'm hungry again. I know. Any any other predictions you've got? No. All right, well, then. <laughs> I don't have any predictions. Let's end this therapy session, okay. and we will see you guys next week from everyone here at After Buzz. Um, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. I'm your host, Billy Ellis with David Scaffoletti and Jesse in the booth. What are we listening to? This
3: is Little Mermaid, what oh. I'm singing.
1: All right, good night, everybody. Good night.